Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Hi everyone, I'm really glad you could join me today because we get the chance to speak with Simon Bonyashuti about being a refugee. Now, Simon brings a perspective that none of us here in New Zealand could even imagine having fled Rwanda when he was only 16 years old. Here's an excerpt from the interview with Simon. There was always, there was things in the background, but you never thought it's going to get to that point. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, so what happened next? Um, so we had to leave our house because um, it was not safe. And then when we left, that's kind of the last time, that's the last time we saw our house. Right. That's when we left, so... So what do you remember about that day? And um, It was pretty traumatic. It was pretty... Um, it's hard to explain because it was pretty intense. It was pretty... Mm. Like, it's hard to tell someone until you're in there. Was, I can, yeah, yeah. You know, there was... You're running for life. You're seeing people yeah. dying. You're seeing um, bullets passing through your head. You're seeing... Um, a lot of things so it was very hard but I was very fortunate that my parents were very strong and they were able to make crucial decision that made sh- that's why we're here because mm-hmm. they made those crucial decision mm-hmm. in the moment which saves their life right yeah mm-hmm. so, so it's not even a case of you've got five minutes no, go grab anything no, no. it's we're out of the we're, door we're out of the door uh-huh. and once we out, we never came back. So, mm. yeah, so that was it. Mm. For you regular listeners, I know you're going to both enjoy and be challenged by this conversation because Simon's perspective is so very different, having been a refugee for about 10 years. But the thing that stood out to me was how he kept coming back to the word hope. And even when his identity had been stripped away, his parents continued to encourage the family to keep looking to the future, even when they had nothing. This is definitely one of those interviews where we go really deep and actually get to the core of what it means to be a human and what is important in life. And I think these are questions which are so vital for us to be considering, particularly in our consumer-focused society. So thank you to Simon for bringing that unique voice and perspective. And I honestly do hope it is a challenge to you as you're listening to hear what he's been through and compare it to your own life. If you enjoy this conversation, then you might want to check out some of the earlier episodes because there's literally dozens and dozens of interviews. In fact, this is the 60th interview that I've done in this series for Seeds. And if you don't want to miss out on upcoming episodes, then just hit subscribe. Hey, just before we get into the interview, one of the fun things is to look at the statistics for the show, and it's been listened to in more than 50 countries now. And I wanted to give a special shout out to whoever is in Iceland who's been listening. I see that you've listened to 26 different episodes, so thanks very much. Now let's dive into the interview with Simon. All right, so it's a pleasure to welcome Simon Bonyashuti. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I know we're going to have a fascinating conversation because um, you have a background which is unlike anybody uh, that I've met. (laughs) Um, And I think it's going to be really interesting to dive deep with you and, and find a bit about where you're from. Um, and, but just before we do that, yeah. I have to say, um, 
we were having lunch a couple of weeks ago, weren't we? That's right. Yeah. And um, and and you said that you were from Rwanda. Yes, yeah. And I said after the lunch, oh, I knew somebody from Rwanda, and uh, that person that I'd known had been my flatmate when I was living in Wellington. And then you said, what was his name, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I said, Jean-Yves Duchemin. Yeah. And you said, that's my brother. Yeah, that's... So that was one of those oh, <laughs> this small world, small New Zealand, maybe. That's um, right, yeah. Um, things, yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool. So we actually had a connection, even that's though we right. didn't know, know it. Know each other. Because yeah. I knew that Jean-Yves had, had brothers and, yeah. you know, his family. Um, but we had never met. That's so, right, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's really good. Um, so what on this podcast, what we do is we talk a lot about purpose in people's lives. Yep. And I'd love to start just back at the beginning. Yep. Just set the scene for us in terms of where it is that you're from. Um, I'm from Rwanda, Africa, as you said before. Um, I've been um, living in New Zealand for the last 15 years. Um, I left Rwanda as a refugee. So I was a refugee for around 10 years mm -hmm. and I was very fortunate to um, to leave me and my family together as a family to leave Rwanda to free the country because of the civil war that was happening at that time mm -hmm. and um, and if you take us back to your childhood memories yeah. like way before the war and wow. anything else what what was it like growing up in rwanda because i've never been there yeah. <laughs> most people listening wouldn't yeah. have either can you yeah. just what what's it like yeah so i was um very fortunate because my up my upbringing was the same as a no as a normal kid here in new zealand so mm -hmm. uh we had the house we have we had electricity we had water we had um you know, no more things everyone has, mm -hmm. uh, and it's not like, so. I was quite privileged in that area, because not everyone where I come from has that. You know, is mm -hmm. able to have things we had at that time. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I was raised as a normal person, um, and then unfortunately, the one and that and where you were raised. So you were in a city. Yes, I was in the main city, so Kigali, which is the capital of Rwanda. That's where I was raised. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what was it like as a child in, in that city? Um, it was good because we, um, it's a bit different because we, we didn't have technology or things that um, kids these days have. Mm -hmm. So we, um, we, you know, we're a community, so we had a lot of kids, friends, family, friends. So we're always playing around. We're always um, doing thing, things outside. So we really... Yeah. Never get to spend time inside the house. Most of the time is outside the house. Yeah. So yeah. What sort of games did you enjoy with your friends? Um, I like sports. So um, mm. anything that involve physical activities, I loved it. So mm. I played uh, soccer, basketball, anything that you can, you know, that uses your physical. Mm. Um, yeah. So sports is kind of my big biggest thing. Yeah. Right. And what? What sort of years are we talking about here? That um, was it in the nineteen eighties. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So I left Rwanda when I was sixteen. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, just paint the picture for us a little bit more in terms of the culture of 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 Rwanda, and um, I guess I interviewed someone named Mark Ambundo who's yeah. from Kenya, yeah. and he described that uh, his feeling about New Zealand 
was that it was obviously very different to yeah. Kenya. Yeah. Um, and little things like that people don't go out onto the roads and don't interact with their neighbors in the same way that they did where he was from. Yeah. Um, is that something that... Um, I guess where I grew up, um, it's almost like a community. Um, everyone is part of your family. Mm -hmm. So um, whether it's your neighbors, whether it's your far away mm -hmm. neighbors. So we kind of grew up. Um, so it's almost like um, like a big family, you know. So um, so we grew up, um, you know, with the, that kind of atmosphere where, the, you know, you almost have like every person is your aunt, every per you know, like it's a big family. So, um, so that's kind of how we, we were raised. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what are some of your, I guess, some of your memories of childhood then? What are the things that stand out to you when you remember back? Um, I feel, I feel very privileged cause we, um, cause at that time, not, um, not everyone um, in Rwanda had, you know, it was very privileged to have my family worked to be where they were. Mm -hmm. So we lived in um, in a nice neighborhood and we went to a nice school. Mm -hmm. um, so, so we kind of had um, a very good childhood mm. um, and very fortunate childhood, yeah. Mm. And what language were you speaking day to day there? Uh, so you speak your native um, uh, language, mm -hmm. which is um, Chinya Rwanda, but at school you speak French, so I was raised uh, speaking French mm. and my native language, yeah. So French was the, the first language of yeah. of many people. Yeah, yeah, many people, so it's kind of was the, the, commercial, um, the commercial language, mm -hmm. yeah. So um, talk us through maybe your, your early teenage years then. Um, uh, yeah, what was life like for you then? You said you left when you were 16. Yeah, so um, I left when I was 16. Um, when, you, when you're 16, you're trying to push the boundaries. Mm -hmm. So um, I left um, getting to that age where you think you're on top of the world. You think you are um, visible, and, and you know you can do anything you want. Mm. And uh, so it was quite a, um, a big adjustment for me because one day I was, you know, a teenager in my country where almost I, you know, I had everything. I had my friends, I had my family, I had everything. Then in the next day we lost everything. So mm. it was a big adjustment, especially. Because th that age is very crucial to your upbringing when you're trying to figure out who you are, when you're trying to um, establish your identity. Mm -hmm. So it was um, it was quite tough to me because you know all of a sudden I have to grow up. All of right. a sudden I had to do things that a 16-year-old doesn't necessarily do or want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that was mm -hmm. pretty tough um can you share with us as much or as little as you are able to about that time for you um 
So, like, what was going through your mind as a 16-year-old when when things are happening around you? Because this is 1994, right? Yeah, it was 1994. Uh, I was pretty. It's hard to know because things were moving too quick, and mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things happening, and and you know, you know, there's wars, you know, there's bullets, there is everything. So it's pretty chaotic. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to run trying to make a decision hopefully that's going to save your life mm-hmm. because you're one decision away from either surviving or or not making it so it was pretty so crazy that, so was that on a day-to-day basis for you as a 16 year old then in that city no no it's just one day all of a sudden things just um erupted i see yeah and so it became it was pretty so it happened quick it happened quick <laughs> You know, mm. there was always there was things in the background, but you never thought it's gonna get to that point. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So so what happened next? Um, so we had to leave our house because um, it was not safe, and then when we left, that's kind of the last time. That's the last time we saw our house. Right. That's when we left. So. So what do you remember about that day? And um, it was pretty traumatic. It was pretty. Um, it's hard to explain because it was pretty intense. It was pretty mm. like it's hard to tell someone until you in there. It was, I can, yeah, yeah. You know, there was you running for life. You seeing people yeah. dying. You seeing um, bullets passing through your head. You seeing. Um, a lot of things so it was very hard but I was very fortunate that my parents were very strong and they were able to make crucial decision that made sh- that's why we're here because mm. they made those crucial decision mm. in the moment which saves our life right yeah and that decision was we've got to get out of here right now yeah mm. yeah and also just where to go or what to do Mm-hmm. So, which was very important because some people made didn't do the right, those decision and they necessarily they didn't make it, mm-hmm. and so it was very yeah, it's very grateful that we managed to you know for my parents to make those crucial decision. Yeah. yeah. So, were you at home when they made that decision? And yeah. And do you remember them saying to you, well, Simon, you, Simone, <laughs> were we're leaving right now. Yeah, you just you know, it's chaotic. You you're sitting down all of a sudden you say, Look, we gotta leave, we gotta run, there's no time to get anything, there's no time to pack mm. anything because you you know, just things just happen too quick and you know, the clothes you were wearing, that's what the clothes you were wearing for the next, you know, how many days because mm. You didn't get a chance to get anything else. Mm. So. so it's not even a case of you've got five minutes, no. go grab anything. No, no. It's we're out of the we, door. We're out of the door. Uh-huh. And once we're out, we never come back. So, mm. yeah, so that was it. Mm. Mm. Wow. So the first good decision was leaving at that particular moment. That's right. Um, and then where did you go next or what What happened? Um, so my parents decided thought um it would be safe maybe to go somewhere where there was un soldiers where there is much um that it was much safer to go 
in those areas where there is um UN, it's more likely that nothing will happen. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we went. And and that was also a very risky move because the other side people also didn't want to necessarily have a lot of people coming through because then it could they could be a target mm -hmm. as well. So mm -hmm. so w when we left, we just went there and they just put us in a small we corner house where we had to hide most of the day, you know, under the bed or under the chairs or mm. we're not making any move or just quiet. We just, you know. So this is within a compound or something? Yeah, very compound. Right. Yeah. And had you you just gone on foot there from your house? You no, we went in a car. Mm -hmm. So we went in a car and then um, then we, we just went in there. Um, obviously, my parents talked to them first that we're coming. Mm-hmm. And then we went in there, they say, look, we, you just have to be in there. You hide yourself, don't make any move, don't make any noise. Wow. Yeah. And how old were your siblings at this time? Uh, I'm, I'm the eldest in my family. Yeah. So I got four other brothers and sisters. So my youngest brother probably was, I don't know, maybe five. Mm. Yeah, mm. five or six. So you're there in the daytime and you're just having to hide and yeah. be quiet all yeah. the time. Yeah, so for probably three to two to three days we just in there. Huh. No, can't make any noise, you can't you can just hiding. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going through your mind at, at that point, having left your house and your life? Mm. Uh, when you're sixteen year old you f you know, as I say you think you're um you're a tough man, you're very strong. Mm -hmm. So well, that time I was thinking maybe rather than dying, hiding, I'd rather die fighting. So that's kind of what was going through my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know if you're going to make it or you didn't know, was, you know what the future is. So at that time, you're just angry or you're just frustrated. You, you know, you want to do something. Yeah. Whatever it is, you want to do something rather than just take some action. Yeah. But instead you're being told be quiet, so be quiet hide here. Hide here so. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with your younger siblings like yeah. 5 years old. That's right. That it, that's not easy no, at all. No, it's not easy. Yeah. But when you're in that situation, you know, even if you're 5, you know what's going on. Right. They don't necessarily know what's going on, but they can tell it's pretty Yeah. intense so they go. Yeah. 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 So you were there for 2 or 3 days, you said? Yeah. And then what happened? Was your father talking with people and trying yes. to work out what next? So we're just trying to figure out what's next. And eventually after a few days, um, we were evacuated from um, the country. So we left um, under um, UN military escort. Mm -hmm. And so that was pretty intense as well because mm -hmm. we people didn't, you know, we're going through um, areas where, you know, the war was happening. Right. And so you didn't want people to know that there is people hiding. Somebody in there. Yeah. yeah. So, so were you in a truck or something? We were in a truck, or? so we're hiding kind of under the um, like roof sack of rice or bags or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And where did you end up after that? You you went to the, to the to airport. airport and, you went yeah. to the airport and... After a long day, f eventually, um, we were evacuated from um, Rwanda to Kenya. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. And that was the start of a refugee journey. I see. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe just talk us through what that was like in terms of the being a refugee. Um, I'm Because this is something that none of us, I think, in New Zealand have any concept of. Yeah. And I'm really keen to understand from your perspective um, what that was like and what it did to you yeah. um, in terms of your identity, mm. what was important to you, mm. what were the things that you learned from that? Mm. I think that was the biggest um, thing I have to deal with because um, when you're a refugee, so you um, you lose all your identity as a person. and um, right, And it's not like we chose to be refugees. It's just situation yeah. forces us to be refugees. And it's not like something you you plan or you, you, you know, it just happen. Mm. And, and that was pretty hard because as a 16-year-old person, you know, you're thinking, you know, that's when you're going through um, things trying to grow up. All of a sudden you... You're in a different country. Um, mm. People don't treat you the same. Because mm. um, you you've know. just been playing basketball with your friends, That's right? right. Yeah. And just being a 16-year-old. Right. And now all of a sudden you're in Kenya yeah. and um, you have no house. And That's right. It's such a big contrast. Yeah. And also now all of a sudden now you're relying on the mercy of other people. Right. You know, because... So yeah. what did that do for you in your mindset um it was pretty tough and it's even something even now as a person because i'm still have to deal with because you lose your confidence you lose because of things we're going through day to day where whether people putting you down or people calling you names or people treating you mm-hmm. badly or whatever it was it does affect you mm-hmm. and and it's something even at until as of the moment i have to learn to deal with mm-hmm. that um, you know that you're better than what people think you are mm-hmm. what, what people say so that was um, very tough and emotionally because once you know it's those things emotionally it's scars that you mm-hmm. you know you have to get over it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and what's been stripped away from you isn't just your your clothes and your possessions in the house it's mm. the sense of identity yeah that's what i'm hearing yeah. and you know all those possessions you can get it back right but things that they took away like you know who your identity who you are mm. um all of a sudden you no longer people you're no longer a normal person you look you know you stand out mm. or mm. you don't have ability to do anything you don't have actually any identity you can't even mm. you know so because you didn't have any anything with yeah. you right yeah 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 so what was that like because i think one of the things that you've told me is that y- each of your siblings have mm. different names mm. right in terms of identity and mm. proving that you're related to each other yeah. um what was that like um it was hard because as well we were a bit um fortunate compared to other people because we were able to live um, to free the country as a family as a unit right even though obviously our, our extended family were not together but we were as a family mm-hmm. while other were not able to do that so 
that probably was the best thing because at least we could um, gather strength from each other. Yes. Because we could support each other. We could um, encourage each encourage other. Encourage each yeah. other. So, yeah. we, so that was probably the best thing that happened to us. So mm. That kind of help helped us adjust. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And looking back, because obviously you're an adult now, looking back, what the refining fire of what you went through yeah. like what what have you realized or what have you learned from that um stripping away in terms of priorities and yeah. um what's of worth in life when when you went through what i went through one of the things you always think is like why me mm. why did i manage to get through why am i still alive where there's other people who didn't do anything wrong mm. and they died or they didn't make it, why me, why did um, I survive? Mm. And so I always think um, maybe there's a bigger reason why you're here. Mm. So you're trying to be, um, there's a bigger cause, you wanna live a bigger life, you wanna, um, just because you went from tough situation, a very, mm crazy situation to hear so you always feel like there was um a bigger calling if you can if i mm. can say that mm. yeah there was a reason for yeah. that yeah that that you survived that's right yeah yeah mm. and um and it takes time to try to figure out exactly what it is or where, where do you fit in this world you know yeah all of a sudden you're no longer a citizen of your own country now I'm a citizen of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean yeah. to me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd love to unpack that in a minute. Yeah. Um, we'll just trace through your your refugee mm. part of your story. Mm. But one thing that strikes me about what you said is that um, you know you didn't take anything with you. Mm. Um, you just had yourself. Mm. Um, and and I guess as an outsider looking in, mm. it it kind of makes me think um you must have realized what was important you know that that those possessions and things were stripped away but that you could get new clothes and you could get new things um but life itself was so valuable yeah was there a sense of that yeah very much so and even now one of the things i fear um be disappointed is because I can't. Sh- I have children now, and I can't show my children my past. Mm. I can't show my children where I grew up, and how mm. I look like mm. when I was younger. Mm. What we used to do because so all the photos are gone. gone and all the photos right. are gone, so there's yeah. no. You know, I can tell them that, but it's hard for them to yes. understand or to visualize. I understand, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't say, oh, it's your 10th birthday. Yeah. This is a photo of me on my 10th that's birthday. That's right, and, and that's what we did, and that's how, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or so. here's the house. and That's right. Yeah. yeah, and that's probably one of the biggest things because, you know, memories are very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But material, you realize that, you know, they don't mean a lot. Mm-hmm. The key things is make sure that you as a person, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're don't lose yourself you know yeah yeah Yeah, life is so important isn't it yeah i think actually in christchurch we had the unique reminder of that with the earthquakes which uh you know caused people to step back and think about their lives and what was important 
the danger with anything is that you can become complacent and go back to the old ways yeah. and forget about what's truly important. <laughs> and it happens quick too. Yeah. You know, one yeah. second you're thinking about this and then a month later you're back to your world. But that's because the world, that's what yeah that's what the world tells us so well, that's true we know. live in a consumer driven yeah. society don't yeah. we which yeah. um wants you to buy the next that's right uh the latest version that's of whatever right. it is yeah yeah so you're 16 years old mm. you're in kenya mm. in a un uh was it a un refugee no, place or, or no, what happened next um so um there's a friend of my parents mm. um who was um english um, he heard what has happened and and he wanted to do whatever he can to support us mm. so he managed to trace us where we were mm -hmm. so he um, paid for us uh, he um, he looked after us he put us in the house he put us um, kind of looked after us so that, that was a very mm. very um amazing because all of a sudden someone you don't even know we didn't know very well yeah from the other side of the world right he's doing everything he can huh. so how how well did he know your father or uh, what he was knew the my, connection he knew my father yeah back in the days okay um so and then through that he always um i guess so he was aware of your family he, he was aware of my family I see. and then once he figured out what's happened he did everything he can to make sure Wow. That we were okay. Hmm. Yeah. And he was based in England. Yeah. But he has um, businesses in Kenya, so. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. Wow. So that's the, that's like the old parable of the, the Samaritan, right? That's like right. going out of your way to help somebody yeah. who's not less doing well. Yeah, yeah, less fortunate. Yeah. 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 And that speaks a lot to me because that's kind of, that's been one thing that's very impacted me. Okay. Because... Well, tell, us, tell us more about that. What what was it? Because uh, if, if it wasn't for him, mm. it's not someone we, we, you know, we knew him, but we didn't necessarily know him like very a, well. Yeah. You know, he wasn't like a family member. Yeah. He wasn't like a, a very close member of us. Mm -hmm. But he did everything he can to make sure we were okay. Wow. And and that speaks a lot. So even to me, I don't even at the moment, because if it wasn't for him, probably not sure where we would be. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And he gave a he gave us he gave a lot to make sure we okay. Right. Yeah. So the power of a stranger to help that's, someone in need. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And is that something that has echoed through your life since then? Like, have you gone out of your way to to obviously help others and things? Yeah, and, and for me, and and that's where I guess. Start, I'll start thinking maybe there's sometimes you feel your experience things you went through life yeah kind of teaching you mm -hmm. and that's something that stuck with me so even to this moment you, you feel like my what I think is my calling is to hopefully to help other people um, do the best they can be survive or whatever it is because mm -hmm. um, that person changed my life changed the course of my life so I want to be able to do the same to others. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to have an ability to do those things to mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Did you get a chance to meet that person? I did meet that person. Fortunately, 
he's no longer alive at the moment. So, yeah. But uh, what yeah. was it like when you got the chance to meet him? Um, was it a lot later, or was it around that time? Oh, oh, uh, it was ar- around that time. Um, he he flew back to Kenya to see us. Okay. Yeah. So that was. Um, it's hard to explain because all of a sudden one day things are chaotic you don't know where you're going you haven't yeah. eaten for a long time you yeah have nothing and then this person just came and said look come and stay here come stay here i'm gonna wow. give you food i'm gonna give you you know so we, it's hard to know how to react yeah. and because f- for a w- long time you had nothing yeah you, you, you know had no food and, and i guess you had no, no prospect of anything that's right. right there yeah. was nobody who was you didn't know that this person no. was going to do that no no wow yeah so that was amazing yeah yeah, yeah. so what happens next because obviously we're in new zealand now new like zealand. how what was the refugee journey like you're in kenya uh, um, um i guess so we're a refugee for 10 years um for one of the things is when your refugees trying to find your identity, find, trying to find um, a place where you can belong, yes. a place that's going to accept you so you can hopefully start rebuilding your life. Mm. And um, and so through that time, we're trying to figure out where, where can we go, where, where can we try to rebuild our life. Mm-hmm. And so eventually... Um, so where did you go after Kenya? You were there for some time. And so then... we're there for some times. Um, then we went to the Philippines. Okay. Mm. And then eventually, um, through um, security migration migration scheme, mm-hmm. my parents were able to get um, New Zealand um, citizenship, mm-hmm. and then we we're able to come through. Um, through them so that's how I end up in New Zealand right mm. so what year did they move to New Zealand then was that um, early 2000s it's early 2000 so um, it's probably 2001 or maybe 2000 right yeah so yeah. we stayed behind because at that time if you were over 18 you you kind of had you had to find your own path I see yeah. yeah yeah right and you'd been 16 when you left yeah so you were what in your early 20s by That's that time right. yeah, so yeah. It's mid-20s now yeah 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 because yeah, I think I met Jean-Yves in about 2003 yeah he was um studying architecture right. at Victoria yeah and I think because the family was in Palmerston North That's right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 because he'd come down and he was yeah, in yeah. the flat with a bunch of us. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think we came to New Zealand in 2002. Right. Yeah. yeah. Can you just explain? I found this was really fascinating, mm-hmm. just about the names and the fact that each of you uh, has a different surname. Mm-hmm. Can you explain <laughs> that story? Because uh, I, I found it was really quite intriguing. Yeah, it's something you have to always explain to everyone mm-hmm. because... Um, Everyone is but I like the idea behind it. So yeah. tell me, tell tell the listeners what from it, what um, from our culture they say that each person, each individual is each person is an individual. Mm-hmm. So you are your own identity. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily need to take the identity of your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so through that, everyone has their own name, mm-hmm. and most of the time, that name has some kind of um, reasons why you have that name mm-hmm. and it's given to you by your parents so all my siblings we all have different 
last name, mm -hmm. and it can be tricky because some, sometimes you have to uh, convince people that they're my siblings, we, we are related, mm -hmm. but and then people get confused, oh, we don't have the same last name, and right. this <laughs> kind of thing. So as a refugee with no documents or anything, it yeah. must have been doubly hard. It was doubly hard. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. hard. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, it just resonates with me the idea that each one of us are individuals, yeah. you know, um, and that 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 culture actually recognizes that and yeah. identifies it. It's yeah. kind of a yeah, quite different. Yes, yeah. very different. Yeah, even now, because my parents have different last name to to me. So yeah, yeah. So just talk me through um, your early twenties before you came to New Zealand. Mm -hmm. You're trying to find your way and your identity. Yeah. And I want to contrast that with where you're at now, because yeah. I think you've been in Christchurch for a number of years. Yeah. So can you just explain? Um, I'm just really curious to understand. Obviously, it's been hugely traumatic yeah. to go through this, yeah. like even things like schooling and mm. education. Mm. Like what what happens when when you're moving around and trying to find your place yeah. as an early adulthood? Yeah. So eventually, um, Eventually, we had to find our own ways, and um, it was pretty hard because all of a sudden now we're living in the world um, where you stand out, people view you differently mm. just because you um, you are refugees or or different things, and and it was. Um, was pretty tough because sometimes you know people used to call your names um, when you go to school. Everyone knew who you were, right? You know, yeah. Um, you know, they call your names, um, and it was hard to find friends at that time. Right. Was yeah. this in Philippines or? Yeah, most places we um, we lived. Yeah. And um, so it was very hard to adjust because all of a sudden. You're in a different world, and yeah, you know, your your identity is different. So you're trying to adjust, and you're trying to mm -hmm. um, be normal. Mm -hmm. But um, but the people are not telling you not normal. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't even imagine mm. honestly. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've you've come from that traumatic background, yeah. and and where you were, and then yeah. to be in another country like yeah. Philippines which yeah. it would be yeah very very different yeah it was very different and you know and was the head we had some really tough times like you know mm. very tough times but then as well I have some of my close friends are from mm. the Philippines as well because sure. you through that as well you meet different people mm -hmm. and through the journey eventually end up meeting people who like the person who helped us there's mm -hmm. other people in the philippines as well right who helped us there's you know so there are good people there's good everywhere people you go. There, there's good people where you go even yeah. though there's always bad things or certain yeah. bad situation but there's always good people mm -hmm. and you want to be that good people to others right yeah yeah no i love it i love the echoes that are coming through this whole interview as well because it's such good reminders so what what did your parents know about new zealand before they came here like um so we're refugees so we don't necessarily have um 
our identity. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to figure out what's a place where you can call home. Yes. And um, there happened to be a, another Rwandan family that was in New Zealand mm-hmm. that, um, that said, look, you should try to apply. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only thing we knew about New Zealand. Right. Yeah. So wow. we only knew that family. And um, so we did, and we're here. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you were in your early 20s when you came? Yes. Yeah, so and and what, what was, I mean, your parents were here and your siblings were here, yeah. so that was a, obviously good to be with them. But yeah. what, for you, you know, you're in your early 20s, yeah. had, had you had thoughts of trying somewhere else or, you know, like go to Europe or something? Or what, was New Zealand a great opportunity for you? Well, it's hard because you didn't know necessarily what to expect mm. in New Zealand. Yeah. But um, the only thing good you know, at least you're no longer a refugee. Right. So you are now all of a sudden you have um, a status. Mm-hmm. So that was a very um, kind of a big deal mm-hmm. to me and to us. So, and when we came to New Zealand, um, obviously we were a refugee and my parents said it's probably best that we all go separate ways okay in order to try to hopefully make a living mm-hmm. and survive because if you are together when then we start relying on each other mm-hmm. so yeah so where did you all go all the children are so we went different, different ways so as you say um you were with my brother my brother was in wellington yes i came to christchurch with my ne- next brother mm-hmm. so Came to, yeah, so we came to Christchurch, not knowing anything, not knowing any anyone in Christchurch, wow. not knowing. And what year was this? Um, fifteen years ago, I think. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So probably two thousand. Like two thousand four or something. Two thousand four. Yeah. 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 And coming to New Zealand for the f- the first time, like mm-hmm. just putting yourself back in that first week that yeah. you were here, um, what were your impressions of this new this new place that you were? Um, it was very different because um, it was pretty at first it was very exciting because now all of a sudden you have an opportunity to um, mm. you know to have a home you have an opportunity to have like a country to call you know yeah. to be a citizen of a, a country and also you have an opportunity to try to make a living trying to um, mm to be somebody mm-hmm. so it was um was very exciting but it was also very hard because we didn't know anything of much about new zealand yeah. we didn't know anyone yeah you know i didn't know anyone in christchurch before yeah uh, and yeah. had you been learning english during that yeah. period as well yeah or? most of the time yeah, yeah. so after we left most country we, sp- we, le- we were we were speaking english so right. and we also learned english yeah. in school but you'd never practice it sure. so <laughs> it's yeah. broken english yeah 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 no i understand um so you so you arrive in christchurch yeah. uh 15 years ago yeah. and you're still here yeah, that's right. <laughs> um what's kept you busy since then how have you because what i what really fascinates me about your story is you you had your identity stripped away from you and now you've had to build up something new. Mm -hmm. And I'm really curious to understand the process of that in terms of what it is that defines you as a person Mm. today. Um, I guess uh, I said before, um, 
things you go through define who you are, your experiences, mm. um, your family, things you, um, people around you. So when I came to Christchurch, um, I was excited because now all of a sudden I, I can um, start making a, make a living. Mm-hmm. I can um, hopefully achieve my dreams. Um, it's almost like you have a second chance. So here was an opportunity for me to mm-hmm. to achieve things I want to achieve, to yeah. realize my dreams because before then I, I couldn't realize my dreams because we're not in the position mm-hmm. to do so. Mm-hmm. So and so you really by by getting your identity back or having a country that was your own yeah. that formed the foundation to then be able to build a life that's right right yeah, yeah. you because you now you have um like a foundation you have something mm-hmm. and you have a place to call home mm-hmm. and you know you're not gonna be moving or people gonna kick you out or people gonna see you mm-hmm. different ways mm-hmm. yeah and that's something you hadn't had since you were 16 that's years old right, right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So you didn't have to look at your back or to someone's going to try to kick you out of the country or or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, just in terms of what you did next, Mm. did you do some study here in in New Zealand or or what what sort of career path? Um, So when I came, I already had degrees, Mm -hmm. number of degrees. um, But the first quick Quickly, you learn that um, most people require um, a New Zealand experience or a New Zealand um, mm. degree. So, my early days, um, we tried to apply for a lot of jobs, but you, um, most people either didn't give back to you, or if they get back to you, they, they say you're too qualified, or right. there's a number <laughs> of reasons why. And That's like the worst reason, isn't it? I'm right. sorry. <laughs> I know you need a job, but you're too qualified that's for right. this job. Yeah, <laughs> or you don't have the experience. And yeah, where you know you need the experience so you can yeah. do those things. Mm. So, um, and then I decided maybe in order to get a job, maybe I need to go back to university. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so at that time, before I came here, I had um, degrees in computer science mm-hmm. and information technology and through my, um, where I was working I decided maybe um, I love accounting more mm-hmm. I love numbers I love business right so and then I decided to go that way mm-hmm. mm. yeah and that's what you've done since yeah, yeah that's what I've done since yeah. yeah and what were some of the highlights in in terms of your career and what you've done in Christchurch yeah. um, leading up to what you're doing now um when we came to Christchurch, as I said, I didn't know anyone. Um, we all had five hundred dollars to survive. Okay. So you had five hundred. Where did you get from S- government or? So my parents. Oh, Because we were not, um, we didn't have support because we were not refugees. Right. So you have to have your own to make to wow. make your own. So my parents gave us each five hundred, and. That's why we needed to make a living. So when I came here, I only had 500. Wow. Yeah, so so the first thing you do, you're trying to find um, agencies that support new immigrants or uh-huh. or refugees. Mm-hmm. So through that, um, I got a job as a... My first job in New Zealand was um, cleaning dishes in a restaurant mm-hmm. and also um, cleaning motels, ro- motels and rooms. So mm-hmm. 
that was my first jobs so at least uh-huh. now i can survive i can make a living yeah and then yeah then i went from there wow yeah yeah it's an amazing story i think for <laughs> me and for probably the vast majority of the people listening we've never had to face a situation where everything was stripped away yeah. and we had to start again yeah. and i think um that the challenge and both the challenge and the encouragement is that um what you've been able to do you know to make a life yeah. and to to have an identity yeah. here now yeah yeah and i was very fortunate because my parents um through everything my parents never um lost hope they always push us say look mm-hmm. there's gonna be better days mm-hmm. you just gotta get through this you just gotta work hard you just gonna persevere mm-hmm. and uh, so so that was very helpful because even though we're going through a tough time they always say look things will be okay mm-hmm. we just gotta keep you know fighting we just gotta keep going mm-hmm. the moment you stop that's when you lose the battle so mm-hmm. and So it, where had they gotten that attitude from do you think? Um I guess because um as I said before they probably they got it from their upbringing mm-hmm. because they were born in era which I was didn't uh, era which I was not born into mm-hmm. where life was very hard. I see. Where they have to fight where they have to keep going so they so they got that from the um from their upbringing mm-hmm. yeah mm. and and it was very important because even though there was true tough time i never saw them down i never saw them crying i never saw them um you know angry or frustrated or right. whatever wow. they just keep same attitude which we, we just got to keep let's get to the next day let's keep going let's keep fighting let's keep mm. moving So and the word you used before hope yeah. right that that they always had hope yeah and that's very important and that's also something hopefully um i want to be able to help others because it doesn't matter where you are now doesn't matter what's happening now as long as there's hope you can get to wherever you want to be right yeah and that's something they told me when they said look you are in New Zealand now you have hope to be anything you want mm. you just got to go for it and keep fighting and you're going to get there yeah. yeah yeah so with your own children mm-hmm. um how do you try to pass on some of these learnings that you've gotten from your own life <laughs> it's it's very hard it's very hard because um because they're growing up in kiwi the, culture kiwi and they have culture, everything they, they need everything. and want right yeah and also as a parent first thing you want you want to hopefully give the best to your children mm-hmm. you don't want them to go through what you went through yeah but then you want them to learn that life is very hard there's always going to be ups and down yeah but you just got to continue to persevere and so it's pretty hard where we especially in this world where you know i want things now i want things that happen too quick mm. so it's hard to tell them you know things you know there's always going to be mm. um ups and downs life is can throw you curves mm-hmm. but you just got to keep fighting but it's hard when mm-hmm. you know where we are here and this you know 
it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. You just gotta keep telling them your story. Yeah. Yeah. I still have um when I came to New Zealand with my five hundred, that the first thing I did is buy a bike. Um so that bike so I can get to places. Mm-hmm. So I still have that bike. Wow. So I wanna hopefully show them, you know. This is even, the bike that yeah, I bought yeah. when I first arrived. That's right. Even though now, you know, things are much you know, they have a house, we have everything. Yeah. You know, but at least you can tell them we didn't get here f- without working hard. So this is yeah. where we started. This is where yeah. I started. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So you want to hopefully show them that, you know, mm. life, um, life it's not easy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So just reflecting on the people listening to mm. this right now who I'm pretty sure none of us will have been through what you've been yeah. through. What are some of the key messages or, or encouragements, I guess, that, that you would give to them about their own lives? Um, one thing is, um, I can say as I said, is I was very fortunate that my parents were very strong and they were able to, um, you know, push us, guide us, support us, um, you know, give us hope we needed at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, because in life you need someone to believe in you. You need someone to tell you, you can you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can, doesn't matter what you're going through, you can make it. And also you need someone you can, um, hopefully can identify with. You or Someone you can, if that person did this i can do it mm-hmm. and that's why we you know we kind of the uh, examples huh yeah that's why we have you know we have like sports star we kind of put them on the high store because we you know mm. we want we want a story we want to we want to have some kind of role model someone you think just because this person did it i can do it so it's always trying to find those people mm. and also for me my challenge is to be those people as well to right. other people because mm-hmm. um if I can say I came from here, yeah. Now I'm here, so you can do the same thing. Doesn't matter, you know. I know it's some. It's hard sometimes because the, whatever situation we're going through. Yeah. But if there is hope, and if you can have someone to support you, to guide you, mm. then you, you know anything is possible. Mm. Mm. So how do you try to be the person in England who helped your family? Because <laughs> that seems like that's an echo yeah. through your life that yeah. you want to become that type of yeah. person, right? Yeah. What are some of the practical steps that you take or some examples of you trying to be that person for the community yeah. that you're involved in? Um, so there's a, I guess it, it goes through different stages. My early days, I was um, involved with um Working with kids at risk, mm-hmm. um, people who less um, advantage, less people who um, who, um, who don't necessarily have a lot. So I was involved uh, with them at early stage. So I was um, like a youth leader. Or I was, um, you know, with doing events or you know working in those community. Mm-hmm. And as life moves on and as you life gets busier or as your experience goes on then my the way I give back is different now mm-hmm. so now I'm involved in the number of charities as in, in the governance area mm-hmm. so I give my time uh, as I say business is um, kind of my 
passion. Yeah. And so now I give my freedom and time to help um, non-profit organization in terms of um, governance or mm. management or mm. the areas. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. Because um, I think you, you were involved with Pathways as well, weren't you, for yes. a while? Yeah. Was that in a finance role? Yeah. 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 So um, one thing, because... Um, when you get to New Zealand, one of the things my parents said, you know, anything you want, you can be. Right. Um, so and so they say, look, keep dreaming, keep think, um, don't limit yourself. Just go, um, you know, dream. What what whatever you want to be, you can be. You just need to work hard. You just need to yeah. persevere. Um, so. In that, in that contest, because um, all of a sudden now I have, I have the foundation, I have the, um, I have um, the country, I have, you know, the foundation I need. Mm-hmm. Now it's up to me to go up there and do things. Yeah. But through even that, as I say, there's people who have supported me mm-hmm. through my dreams, um, who have help me or but also the other thing is more like you got willing to take a risk right yeah mm-hmm. so because um sometimes it's easy to sit there and say yes things are not working i'm not gonna do anything but you got you need to be able to let me try this yeah if it doesn't work let me try this if it doesn't work let try me try this. this keep trying yeah yeah so not have one road that you're traveling that this that's is the right. only thing that's, that's right. gonna work yeah. yeah yeah and that's you know and that's what has happened to me so you try for certain things you fail but you keep trying mm-hmm. you keep trying mm-hmm. yeah mm. yeah oh that's really good there's so many lessons from this conversation yeah. it's really good so just reflecting we've yeah. talked a little bit yeah. about where you're at now mm. um what were some of, and we've talked through the podcast yeah. about this already, but yeah. what were some of the key influences that you think have taken you to be where you're at today? Yeah. Um, one of my things that has helped me, as I said, a um, number of times, it was good to have parents who are very strong. But also it's um, surrounding yourself with people who hopefully can lift you up, people who can support you, people who... Um, can tell you you're doing something wrong mm. or they can praise you if you're doing something right mm. and so and that's been the key thing for me so was able to surround myself with people who can able to input into my life right. and support me and because you have to adjust when I came to New Zealand I didn't know mm. anything about New Zealand Right. so what I knew and what, how New Zealand works and how New Zealand functions is totally different. Mm. So I had to add people to help me to understand mm. this is how, this is the Kiwi way, this is how you do things mm-hmm. in New Zealand. So I was able to have people like that who kind of help me. So this is how to do things in New Zealand. Mm. This is what people in New Zealand do. So through that, then you get to know, all right, this is... This is normal. This, this is, is normal. Not, or this whatever. is what you do. This is, you know, if you want to be... You know, in New Zealand, you got to talk rugby, like all those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also, I want to be able to 
help as other immigrants or other people who are, mm-hmm. you know, going through tough times, especially, you know, those people who need support because, as I said, people have helped me, so I want to be able to mm-hmm. give to those people, especially immigrants, say this is how things mm-hmm. happen in New Zealand. If mm-hmm. you want to do this, it's the best way yeah. to do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what would be your top three tips for the immigrants that you're helping <laughs> how do they what are the things that you tell them new zealand is very um small country it's almost even isolated from the rest of the world because we're too far away from the rest of the world and the way things work in new zealand is by network by it's who you know it's who you went to school with who you you know who mm. you the parents, your family connection, so it's who you know. So it's in New Zealand, it's very important that you grow your network, mm-hmm. you grow your, um, you grow the people who are around you, people who know you, because mm-hmm. those people are the ones who are going to be able to vouch for you or to, right. um, when you need a job, most of the time it's those people who are going to say, I know so this person. Yeah. So therefore, because someone knows this person, then they're able to give them a chance. So. Mm-hmm. So that would be the um, number one thing, trying mm. to grow your network. Grow your networks, yeah. 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 So that would be the top of the... Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. I mean, like you, I came to New Zealand yeah. when I was I, I was quite young, actually. I was yeah. seven years old. Yeah. But um, then I was here for quite a long time. Yeah. And so I did build up some networks, and yeah. I didn't value them or appreciate them. Yeah. But then I was away for 11 years right. and came back two and a half years ago. Yeah. And I was living in places like Tokyo and London yeah. where I'd walk down the road every day and never see a face that I'd seen before, right. you yeah. know. And so coming back, it made me realize the value of, of networks and yeah. connections. And um, there, you, can't, you can't put a price on it, can no, you, that no, having that? No. And yet that's exactly what had been stripped away from you. Yeah. Your identity and your, your context or your that's place right. that you were from yeah, yeah. had been taken from yeah, you. Yeah. So it's, you know, the first thing I did in New Zealand is trying to find people who have the same and common things, common what people yeah. have, you know. I love basketball, mm-hmm. I love sports. So you're trying to find people who have the same yeah. uh, kind of mindset or same passion. Yeah. So through that, you grow a network and you get to know more people. Yeah. 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 Well, Simon, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Yeah. I've really appreciated chatting with you. You've yeah. brought a, a depth of experience, yeah. which I don't think any other podcast guest has had. So yeah. I've really enjoyed talking with you, hearing about your story, yeah. what it's like to be a refugee. Yeah. And also, I loved some of the messages. The first one was that that person in England mm. who helped out your family, mm. even though they didn't even really know, know you. Mm. Like, what an amazing example yeah. to set for not just your family, That's but also right. for people like me listening. That's you know, right. How can we be like that yeah. person? But then the second thing that struck me was your parents and their attitude yeah. and the, the word hope. Mm. You know, even though everything had been stripped away from you, yeah. they didn't lose sight yeah. of hope. Mm. And they encouraged you to start over with your $500 yeah. and you bought a bicycle yeah. and, and um, you know, started building yeah. again. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much. And there's so many different bits. I'll have to listen to this back yeah. myself, I think, yeah. to, <laughs> to, to glean yeah. some more wisdom. Thank so. you very much for having me. No problem. Thank, thank you, you for joining me. No worries. I hope that interview with Simon gave you a different perspective and caused you to reflect on what it is that you have in your life. 
I think sometimes it's easy to take for granted the fact that we live in a country that has such stability. And so just hearing his perspective, and so just hearing his story was a reminder, not just to be appreciative of what we've got, but whether there's things that we can do to help others who might be less fortunate than we are. If you enjoyed this interview, then consider leaving a rating or review in the podcast app you're using. Hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes. And check out some of the earlier interviews as well. For example, I spoke with Mark Ambundo from Kenya, and that conversation was all about the things that he noticed was different here in New Zealand compared to Africa. The podcast is really full of many different stories and people telling about their journeys. My actual aim is that every week you'll be listening and be surprised at who it is that's being interviewed because it will be so different to the week before. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time.